Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate Roberts. Hi, Kate. Well. And this week's guest, Angus Ross. Um, there are lots I know about Angus, and because of the nature of um, friendship, I'm not going to say any of them. Um, other than the fact that... <laughs> that sounds very worrying to me. <laughs> I know, but you and I probably have a few secrets about life and each other that okay. I know that if I said too much about you, you come back and bite me. <laughs> Angus is someone that I've been able to call a friend for, I think, seven years now. And a friend first, and also to know that every time I listen to you, Angus, there's a freshness and a simplicity that I always admire and get something from hmm. as well as a not a heated debate once but a lovely conversation about where are the best fish tacos on planet earth <laughs> and i still maintain that where we were when we had that conversation still had the best anyway angus for those who have never met you or heard you talk how would you introduce yourself to people and what you're up to in the world right now? Um, well, anyway, nice, nice to see you guys. And we will get into that fish taco debate at some point again, I feel sure. Because it's, it, it's for me, it's battered fish all the way. You've got to have the batter. You can't have it without the batter. So anyway, but we, we won't go there t today. Um, how I would describe myself... Um, Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, I guess the official line would be that I'm a transformational coach um, and teacher. Um, and those are words that I don't know, or terms that I don't know if that best describes what I do. Um, I feel like I just, you know, I feel like I show up and, and share what I know. And hopefully that makes an impact and hopefully helps, helps that people suffer less. Um, and, and in the work that I do, I feel like I take it in into many different arenas. We have work that we do online. Um, my wife and I, my business partner, Rahini, um, we have the rewilding program. We have a rewilding guide program. Um, I work in a, in a treatment center in Malibu, um, in and around recovery, um, you know, and, and, and I have an individual practice, which I guess that's where the mantle of coach would be most fitting. Um, and, and my wife and I work with couples, you know, that's probably one of the things that we're, we're very passionate about. And, um, but I think that I love about this understanding it's, it's universal as you know, you can, you can kind of take it anywhere and it has value and makes impact. Um, so there's a lot of fish being fried there, I guess, in terms of what I do. Battered or otherwise. Battered or otherwise, but mostly battered. No, that doesn't sound good at all, especially around couples work. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I think it's fascinating to notice that your life partner and business partner are one in the same and that you talk about that very openly your relationship and one thing I admire about both you and Rohini is the how open you are in in your sharing mm. and I wonder if that ever gets in your mind about, wait a minute, am I oversharing now? Is this, you know, is it getting too far? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> no, no, actually, I feel like uh, that has kind of like uh, been strained out of me over the years. But uh, initially, I was super uncomfortable. Um and, and going back to the beginning of me being exposed to this understanding and then sort of sticking my toe in the water in terms of what does this mean about what I'm going to become. So I never really, I feel like I did the, uh, the apprenticeship with the Pranskis. And although there was this sort of idea at the back of my mind that, you know, maybe one day I will become a coach and, um, and I'll do this work, I wasn't quite sure. Um, and there was a lot of discomfort around it the idea of doing it too, I guess. I was, I felt like it's almost like Rahini was up and running and, and very clear about the vision that she had for where she wanted to go and what we, what we might do together. So um, as it began in the clarity of her vision, there was, there was a lot of things that we could do online. Um, so we would do a weekly blog. That's kind of how we would begin. Um, and I somehow found myself, and I, I want to say coerced into doing that because I had so much resistance to putting myself out there in that medium. And I think particularly with Facebook at that point, Facebook had always been a, uh, an opportunity as it is for many people just to sort of reconnect with people from the past. So, um, I think there had been a few years where I had you know, pretty much connected with, with what I feel like everybody I've ever known. <laughs> so that was the sort of forum that I was suddenly exposing this blog to. And I just got so into my head about, oh my God, what do people think of me? Here I am, you know, there's years of me being a fashion photographer in London. There's years of me doing all these other various things that people kind of have this very specific version of what they think Angus is. And yet here I am now showing up as someone transformational coach, educator, teacher. And I, I had these thoughts that, oh my God, people, what are they going to think? And I, I got so self-conscious. So pretty much what happened, I would fight Rohini tooth and nail every week to say, you know, to do this vlog. Um, and I had so much resistance to it. And it's kind of funny because you know, Facebook for me now is I don't often go on it. Um, I mean, I go on it in terms of the program that, that we run. So it's obviously something that I that I use specifically for that. But just in terms of the day to day, you know, the connections with the people that I used to know, I don't necessarily follow it so um, so implicitly as I may have done in the past. But I don't know. I opened it up the day and I know there's this little feature where you'll suddenly get a, a, a picture will, will come up as a memory on Facebook. And so, um, so this picture came up and it was of, of Rahini and I promoting the vlog for that week. And this specific picture, which was so funny because I will never forget this was, this was the vlog that we did where 
when we began and part of my resistance to it was that I think because of my photographic background I felt like every time Rahini had this idea we're going to do a vlog I've now got to set up the lights I've got to make everything perfect um, and and that in itself was just an ordeal which which didn't seem very appealing but I wanted it to be really really look good and I felt if we're going to do that and particularly I have this sort of old mantle of photographer people are going to have this expectation of if he's going to do a vlog it should look slick and, and well lit um, so I would really get into that but so on this one week we were up in um, the Pacific Northwest at the pro training in my mind, oh, we're at the pro training. We're not doing the vlog. I don't have the lights in my disposal. We're just going to have to show up and do this vlog. Um, sorry, we were, I didn't have the lights in my disposal. We're not going to do the vlog. It's like we're going to have this week off. So I can't remember if it was the first or second morning, um, but we woke up. We, I, we might have even been, I don't know, I think when we might have been with you. We were sharing a house. We were sharing a house. You remember? Yeah. That's right. How funny. It. The synchronicity of this then is so amusing. But anyway, so you you know partly the story, but for the people that are listening who don't, it's kind of, I got up absolutely sure that, you know, vlogs are off the table. And then Rahini's like getting her hair done, getting ready. I'm like, what are you doing? We're going to do the vlog. And I'm like, no, we are not going to do the vlog. We're, in my mind, we're like having a week off. But she was adamant that we had to do the vlog because we kind of created a system now that we need to stick to. So anyway, I was so, I was kind of I was getting increasingly more irritated, and finally we stepped out the front door, and it's a howling gale. It's freezing cold. It looks like it's about to rain. The ocean is right there in our face, um, and it's really windy. And so we had this big fight. I finally, you know, I finally got to the point where I was. I was such a bear to her that uh, you know she she was on. She, I actually, well, I, I will. I will admit, I brought her to the point of tears. Um, and then, then for whatever reason, she still had the, the chutzpah to, to, to press record on the, on the phone, which was being handheld. It was, there was no tripod, there's no lights, there's the wind, the hair's blowing everywhere. She, she pressed record, and I just, for whatever reason, just slipped into it. I just kind of like, oh, we've just suddenly switched lanes and we're now having a conversation and we kind of spoke about i can't even remember what we spoke about but it was obviously a very real raw and authentic conversation our eyes are puffy and i guess we probably maybe we did talk about the fact that we 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 had gotten into an argument um but for whatever reason that particular vlog um really hit a nerve and 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 you know the numbers just suddenly shot up from a place where here's me setting up the lights everything's very staged and very rigid and there's no fluidity to it at all Rahini and I do a vlog off the cuff and, and all of a sudden it hits a nerve people are interested and it kind of like we sort of like that was almost like the launch pad where we realized yeah you know what perhaps it is better just to show up and re be real and yes, there are times where we feel like we've aired our dirty laundry, laundry in public. And yes, I have felt very resistant to that at times over the years. But now I feel like I've kind of like said and done it all. And, um, and, and, and it hasn't been a case where I've been on the receiving end of a great deal of judgment. I've always been my worst critic. Um, I've always imagined people are thinking terrible things. Maybe they are. I don't know. 
but I've just got to the point where I just don't really care. And, and that feels so liberating just to not to worry what people think. And I have spent pretty much my whole life worrying what people think. Um, and just to be able to let that go has been enormous. So <clears throat> if for nothing else, thank you for Reen Heaney kind of forcing my hand um, and encouraging me to do that because it's got to a point where, you know, life seems so much easier because I've, I've taken that weight off my shoulders, which for me, years of social anxiety born out of the back that I'm con I would constantly worry, you know, how am I showing up? What are people thinking? Am I going to say or do the right thing? So it's been, um, <clears throat> it's been a wonderful ride. Wow. And a very long answer to whatever question you asked. <laughs> there's so much in that, Angus. And I think the, the summary of what you just said was, or one way of saying it, of what I heard anyway, was showing up instead of doing showing up. Yeah. Speaking from the heart as opposed to a way that we think we should be. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, every time I bump into that and then I notice it's okay to be exactly how I am generally and in the moment, how liberating, as you said, that actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that <clears throat> for me, that really has been up until this point, and I'm sure there's plenty for, obviously, there's plenty more for me to see and learn. I hope there is. Um, but that very feature for me of being really self-conscious at that level about how I'm showing up and how I'm doing, um, that kind of has really informed the vast majority of my life and been a real a real insecurity for me and, and has held me back in so many ways. So right from the get go, doing the, uh, doing the, the apprenticeship with apprentices, it was very much for me apparent that, you know, I, I have to sort of come from that place, um, and be willing to try that on for size. And, and right from the get go, I was constantly sort of measuring myself up against the people that I was seeing around me and thinking, wow, you know, they're really good speakers. Have I got to do that? Is that is that scripted or is that coming from the heart? Um, and so for me, the whole journey has been just a, a case of like how you know can I how real can I be in the moment? And 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 it's and it and it's so not about there being a script. And yet for the good more for the good majority of my life, I feel like everything every word that came out of my mouth if I was in a social situation I would think about how I was going to deliver that sentence or what I'm going to say because I didn't want to appear to be a fool or to say or do the wrong thing I mean that might be a bit of an exaggeration but it kind of felt like I kind of lived my life like that that way a lot so I think that the adventure that I decided to take up with 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 doing the apprenticeship with the Pranskis is like I think that was what was so alluring. There's an opportunity to really kind of step into Angus's shoes and be me and do Angus and not feel like I've got to do everybody else. You know, I think I've shared this story. I remember, you know, one of the first people I saw speak was Michael Neal. And Michael's obviously extremely articulate and very, um, his delivery is, is sort of pitch perfect. And he can wander around the stage and drop 
roomy quotes at the drop of a hat. And I'm like, oh God, do I have to do that? <laughs> I can't do that. And I was kind of like constantly walking around at the beginning. I can't do that. Are you expecting me to do that? And then finally the penny dropped. It's like, oh, all that's expected is that I just have to show up and be me and share from there. And miraculously to me, that, that seemed to be somewhat compelling to people. I don't know, compelling, but at least, at least it seemed to be interesting to people. And so for me, it's just been this wonderful experience of just finally at this point in my life, feeling like, you know, I can, I can drop all those expectations and all those worries about how I'm doing and just show up and be me. Um, and then in, in, in terms of the work that Rahini and I do together, it's just an extension of that. We try to be as authentic as possible and see what's fresh and in the moment, as opposed to like sort of, you know, going back to, to, to some sort of way that we feel that we should be in terms of what they're, the audience might expect or want or need. We just, just try and show up and, and talk about, as you say, what, what is fresh for us in the moment. It, it came to mind as you were sharing that, the memory of the first time I ever met you. Hmm. And you hadn't, I don't think you'd completed the mentoring with George Linder and Bob Patterson at that point. We were in the a room and you were there with the microphone talking to whoever was assembled in that room. Hmm. And you stood up and you took your jacket off in a very kind of, I'm just taking my jacket off kind of way. And it was just so un, uncensored. It was just an example of what you've just said, probably before you even know that's what was happening. Mm. And I remember having that thought, Angus is so okay with being Angus. Hmm. Yeah. And you actually, and I remember something that you said, which was in line with that, about how much thinking you had about trying to get life right, trying to live you right, mm -hmm. trying to be right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I remember thinking, well, I think he's already there with that. Hmm. Yeah, well, 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 thank you for saying that. And I think that probably at that time, I think the intention was there. And I think the intention still is there. And it's not like I've by any stretch of the imagination perfected it. Because um, <clears throat> I'm doing a lot of, I'm undoing a lot of programming and conditioning at that level. But I think that that was just, that was the beginning of the journey. It's kind of like, I feel like I want to continue and keep moving in that direction. Um, but yeah, it's, it's surprising for me to think that you would think that back then, because I certainly didn't see myself that way. But I think I'm sure that I had the intention that I want to just keep on trying this on for size and, and see where it takes me. <clears throat> I'll try on my own skin today for a change and see how that works out for me today. And yeah, exactly. It, it is interesting because I've had the, a similar journey and I hear a lot of people saying the same thing about literally being okay in their own skin. Yeah. And how challenging that can often seem for years yeah. and years and years. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Um, if you, if you're okay with me telling a little story, because I think that this is, this is for me being such a wonderful journey, just looking at this very thing. Cause I, I feel like 
when I did begin my apprenticeship and I and I was thinking about becoming a teacher, a coach, um, and I was constantly scanning the horizon and, and looking to see what everybody else is doing and, and do I have to do that? I hope not. Um, <clears throat> that I think that it was interesting because my very first weekend with George Pransky, he had a hotelier who was brought in to work. He was, you know, he was who was sent to George to work with. And it was about this guy's, it was a self-confidence issue, basically. I think he was up for some kind of promotion. And the one thing that the powers that be in their co in his company were concerned about was his, was perhaps a lack of confidence. So that whole weekend was about George trying to sort of demonstrate to this guy, you know, like where confidence lives and how you can bring that forward. Uh, and it was all about speaking from the heart um and being authentic and 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 his 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 challenges were that every time that he would go up against you know he'd have to speak to a board or have to speak to a large group of people he'd script it and do a lot of preparation and george is no 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 you can't do that you know you've got to come in and speak from the heart so whatever reason that just really landed for me and was really interesting because in, and it spoke to me in, a, in quite a profound way because I hadn't really even considered that because I think I lived my life for the most part that way. Um, so I felt like I became this sort of student of what other people were doing. So I would go to a seminar and like I would wonder, oh, are they speaking from their heart or are they following a script? How much preparation have they done? Are they, are they just showing up and talking off the cuff? So I started really looking for that. And, and, and that was a point where I was going to a lot of seminars. Um, so that was one of the things that I was really interested in. And then this really amazing thing happened is that Rahini and I for about five years had been um, volunteers at this men's prison where we would go in as a part of an organization that was nothing to do with the principles. Um, but it was nevertheless, you know, it was somewhat aligned with some of the teachings. Well, I would say quite, quite well aligned with some of the teachings. Um, but we would go in, um, a hundred volunteers strong. There would be 200 inmates. We would be all be separated into trios. And then the trio would be set up in such a way where you would have a neutral observer, you would have a counselor and you would have a client as it were. Um, and each person would get a go in each chair and then they would rotate and, and you would be given, you'd be giving like this sheet with certain counseling skills on it. Um, so it sort of give them some basic skills at that level, the inmates. Um, and then this process would finish, everyone would get a go and then a mic would be handed around the room. So we've been doing this for, for about five years. And in that five years, you got to see this sort of typical, usual cast of characters who in this end of this rotation would get the mic and, and they'd have 300 people to, to basically, you know, share what they'd experienced. But there would be these guys who would just deliver the most amazing piece of oratory you've ever heard. You're like, wow, that's extraordinary. You know, and everyone's, there's rapturous applause. Um, and you can't help but being impressed by this. But um, so anyway, on and I think this is probably the last time last weekend that I'd actually been there. Um, and then in the next trio, I sat down with these two young men and I, and I was just, I had to say, I said, you know, like that guy, he's just such an amazing speaker, isn't he? And uh, so these young men then piped up and said, yeah, and he's so-and-so. 
and he's one of the leading lights in Toastmasters in the present prison community. So I'm, I'm sure if you know, you're familiar with Toastmasters, it's a, it's an institution that's pretty global now and, and, it, and it helps people learn how to speak and speak confidently. So it turns out in this conversation with I had with these two young men, they said, yeah, so-and-so, he will spend hours in front of the mirror learning his speech and, and perfecting it. And, and, and then when he, you know, gets to these weekends, it's like, really, what other opportunity does he have to have 300 people in a sort of co-ed environment? Because it was a co-ed environment uh, with the volunteers that were coming in. Where does he get an audience like that to test his Toastmaster skills? And then lo and behold, all the people who were this usual cast of characters who spoke so eloquently were people who were kind of part of this, this group of Toastmasters <clears throat> and obviously had really learned and perfected this speech. And the reason why I tell this story is that, that armed with that information, I then went into the weekend and saw all these people get the mic share their their perfect you know perfectly um constructed speech and everyone is like yeah that's amazing what you know rah 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 but interspersed with that <clears throat> on this particular weekend literally after each one of those guys spoke someone would be given the mic who was just talking about the experience that they'd had in the moment in that trio um and had and had had a pretty amazing insight and what was different about what they had to say uh, and, and the person who was the Toastmasters um, um, individual is that they were talking about something that happened in the moment that was meaningful, that was insightful, but they were really talking from the heart. And you could have heard a pin drop in that gymnasium. Um, it was so compelling and so powerful and by the end of it, there are tears streaming down people's face. And this happened about five times. I'm not, this is just one, wasn't one isolated incident. Um, and by the end of it, people are on their feet, cheering, you know, really impacted by it. And then I thought at the end of the weekend, wow, you know, if you've got the transcripts of this weekend, um, if, if that was available, and it wasn't, unfortunately, but if you got the transcripts, you would have been able to see that the Toastmasters people, what they had to say, that would have appeared like prose. Oh, that's really, that's really a well-crafted uh, speech and well-delivered and very articulate. And for the people that shared from the heart, you would have like, what is that even? It's like, does that even make sense? But in the moment, real time, it was just so powerful and so impactful. And that really taught me a lesson. It's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I could show up and have this perfectly crafted speech or, or teaching, you know, thing that I have, I have created and, and delivered. But really all I need to do is just show up, from, show up as myself and talk from the heart. And hopefully that will make impact because those guys, what they were saying, yeah, if there was a transcript, it, it, it seems that it probably would be a little nonsensical. But the feeling they had created in that room he had them you know they would be eating out the palm of his hand it was like extraordinary so that for me has just been a big part of this this experience of learning this understanding and and, and trying it on for size it's just seeing how yeah you know what it is all about the moment it is all about you know what how you show up real time um and talk in a very sort of heartfelt and spontaneous way and 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 you know however However we articulate, this maybe this sounds esoteric, I don't know, but it's like, 
there's an intelligence behind life moving through you. Life is living through you. And all you have to do is trust that. And all that will happen if you allow your, your programming and conditioning to get in the way, then there's this sort of conflict going on inside your head. And I live my life for the most part with that conflict going on inside my head. And my ego for the, for, on most days probably was feeling like it was ruling the roost on that front. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to say this because I need to sort of have a look at that. I don't know how well received this will be. So, yeah, so it's so, it, and I guess that's what I mean about how liberating it feels just to sort of be able to show up from this place and not worry. It seems like until we start to see the value of what's happening under words, you know, the value of a deeper feeling that's invisible, that we can't see, that won't be on a transcript. I think that really, what you just said really speaks to what's happening under that, under the noise up here, under what's being said. It has such a deeper impact than I think sometimes, at least for me, that I, that I remember. And I love times when I get to be reminded of that there's so much happening under all that. Mm -hmm. And that I think when we are willing to show up, like you said, from a very authentic, honest place. I was just reading something the other day that, that was talking about how when we start to really see that we don't need to be perfect to show up, that there's this unspoken permission that we give other people not to be perfect either. And, you know, having heard your podcast, that's what you do, I guess. You, you especially, I think, I mean, I wouldn't know, but for men, that that would be something invaluable to them to not need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And just by you knowing that in you, starting to sense that in you and being willing to show up in that space, I think that's what you give people. Mm -hmm. It's not a small thing, what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And um and yet there's this there's still a lot of old programming conditioning that wants to tell me otherwise. And so there is that dance of going back and forth. Um but then realizing that there is there is that other part of me that that wants to shine through, sort of unimpaired by that conditioning. That in itself is is a realization that, or or something for me to remember, and become more conscious of, um, and then and, and depending where I am, at each moment in time, how sped up I am or how settled I am, um, whether that's a blind spot to me or not, you know that that that's something 
just to be more and more aware of that 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 for me is such a sweet spot just to be able to show up and and not feel like I have to be weighed down by the burden of of doing it right because I can't on some on on one level I can't I can't do it wrong and I think that's um that's a sort of that's a beautiful thing to behold and even for me there's an insight there that that can definitely deepen I feel like I'm I'm just scratching the surface of it Rahini and I were talking the other day it's almost like uh you know the sommelier who who who, who takes in the aroma of the wine I feel like I'm just getting a little waft of it um but it's certainly something that I'm intrigued to look at and and want to know more and um and i guess each time that i i show up from that way maybe i get a little bit more uh more adept at identifying the bouquet of that and uh and and and, and it it's something that i just wish to explore more that makes sense and i think for for anyone listening to this right now there was so much angers in what you just said. If we only start getting a, a slight hint of a nose for something that feels more okay, more peaceful, more speaking from the heart compared to the scent of anything else that's different, mm -hmm. that will... I know the three of us would, you know, attest to this as well. <clears throat> That's only going to go one way. When we get more of a whiff of that, as you just said, it's inevitable. Yeah. That we have more of a, a liking for what we adore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a feeling that comes with it, isn't there? It's, um, it's funny because I feel like, when I first came to this understanding for all the, you know, the teachers that I would go and, 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 and listen to, and there was so much emphasis put on the feeling. Um, and there would be these long moments of silence, which me and my busy mind, like the hell is going on? <laughs> what are these people on? Um, <clears throat> and now, you know, even for me in that, exploration is is yeah there's there's so much depth to that i'm still just scratching the surface there's so much for me to learn there and i think that we are so and i'll speak for myself you know i you know within my programming and conditioning the way that i have constructed this internal world in my imagination um that i can look at the world through that lens and want to identify and and um understand alongside what I already know um, and I can default to that in a heartbeat and, and do life that way and yet there's this, this there's this there is this other part of me that is formless um, that I am constantly in tune with or in tune is probably not the right term to use it's like it's just there available to me as a resource whenever I choose to remember it's there that comes packaged in a beautiful feeling that really all the wisdom of the world is in that feeling. Um, and yet my ego will tell me, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of hodgepodge. That's, you know, that's, that's all very woo woo. And, 
uh, you know, let 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 me rule the roost here. Let's do life in in the way that what we know and what we've learned, um, which is just amalgamation of how I've distilled all of the things that I've learned from the people around me, the culture, my family. And yet there is something within me that's universal, that's got no form to it, that comes packaged in a feeling um, where all the wisdom of the world is or the wisdom of this universe is. And who am I to sort of question that? Um, and I think that for me, the aroma of that is like, oh, uh, that's the best way that I can kind of describe it at the moment. How can I put form on something that really is just a feeling? Um, and that feeling is is something that seems like it's much more available to me when I get my get Angus out of the way, get the ego out of the way, get the I am out of the way. Um, I'm kind of in concert with that. There's a dance going on. And I think when I find myself speaking off the cuff, that feels like the dance is going on. So I'm not I'm not trying to edit what I'm saying. I'm just trusting that what I'm saying is 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 a sort of me being in concert with that feeling. If that makes sense, I don't know. It, it does to me. And personal experience, I used to think that was a battle, not a dance. Mm. It was a battle, not a concert. Yeah. It was all of me as opposed to me fighting me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I think that um, then there's this other part of me that perhaps is now a little conscious of, of what that feeling means and what it brings. Um, and then my, my intellect is trying to sort of like, where is the pathway there? How do I harness that? How do I use that to my advantage? When really it's just something that I kind of fall into through grace. And I fall into it when I stop, when this machinery stops, stops, uh, stops going on. It's just something that happens. But yeah, there is this part of me like, yeah, how do I, how do I keep that? How do I keep a hold of that? Um, and I think that it's just a growing awareness in me that, yeah, you know, that seems more available to me when the noise stops. Um, and I think that's something that's really interesting to explore. And when the thinking settles, it's like that, that there's, a, there's an opportunity for that feeling to emerge and inform. And, and that's where insight lives. What a lovely way to wrap this up. Knowing that that's where insight lives. I mm -hmm. do have one important intellectual question, though. Okay. In your opinion, where are the best fish tacos on planet Earth? Oh, I don't know. I think that, that I had a pretty damn good fish taco in Lacona. I think that, you know, I, I have to confess that I was, I was, Mexican food was not my favorite. Um, and, and I always felt, well, you know, why wouldn't I go to a food truck and then, you know, rather than go into like some fancy schmancy restaurant and pay through the nose for what I could get in a food truck? There might still be the case, I don't know. But I just, I just didn't know enough about the, the cuisine to know what to, to, to ask for or to pick from the menu. And I just suddenly heard, oh, fish taco, I'll try that. And I, my mind is like blown. Like I, I, I then, every time I would go to a, 
a Mexican restaurant would have a fish taco. So I don't know if I've become an aficionado of what is the best fish taco, but I do like the battered variety. I like the battered fish. It just has a certain crispiness to it. Well, just down the canyon from where you are, of course, is Dukes, and they do a very good battered fish taco. They do a pretty good one. They do, I have to say, yeah. And I've actually, I, I, I do cook a pretty mean fish taco myself that I will batter as well. In the air fryer, I hasten to add, though. Very good. And yeah. for those, um, if you're at all concerned or at all curious, mine would be the Fairmont in Santa Monica. <laughs> Non-battered. 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 And I remember the look on your face when you took a bite going, oh, that is good. It is good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> um, it is. And probably a, a, a more healthier offering, I would hasten to add. Possibly. Well, it's just the taste for me. I don't care when it comes yeah. to fish <laughs> Yeah. But I wouldn't know how to answer your question, though. Yeah. Thanks, Angus, for being here today. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's uh, It's been lovely hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. And it's so wonderful that you're doing this. So, you know, I love that you're doing this. And I've hear, I, I hear such good things about you too. So I love I love what you're bringing to the world. Thank you. Yeah. Angus. Yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. Thank you, Wynn. And today we had Angus Ross. Thanks, Angus. So welcome. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out. Our details follow the podcast. And thank you for being with us today. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.